with that, Diana, hello, welcome. <laughs> good morning, or good afternoon, good evening, all of the above. We're talking systems and process and how to automate your business a little bit as you start to grow. But before, I had to bring us back to a couple of episodes ago when we talked about the Goo Goo Dolls, and I said, I just knew appreciation, and you said, I can't stand, you didn't say, I can't stand it, I'm putting That's words in your mouth. fair, yeah. <laughs> that you hated them because, but no, you just said they're thrown at you all the time because you're in Buffalo. But it got me thinking because we don't know each other's musical tastes that well. And I know it's a little off topic. So Ari, we're going to be good. You know, if you could only listen to, you know, this, the standard is if you could listen to one song over and over your deserted island, what is the one CD? Some of our audience probably doesn't even know what a CD, CD is. I was just going to say that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Short of that, I thought, you know what, let's expand this. If you can only listen to one artist or one band, their entire collection, what would your top three be? Because I'm going to guess you wouldn't guess any of my top three. Well, you're definitely not going to guess any of mine, Brad. So here's the thing. All right. So what should we alternate? I'll give you my first one. You give me the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first one is beloved Canadian crooner, Anne Murray. Anne Murray. Okay. Yeah. And if you could say it, like anyone who was like an eighties kid, like there was this commercial in the eighties and nineties where it was like, they, they did this for like every like iconic artist. And they'd be like, Anne Murray. Anne and then Murray. it'd be like, could I have this dance? <laughs> anyway, do you know what I mean? And they'd be like the artist yeah. like, looking to the side and then it would like put all the songs. But Anne Murray. Anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. For years for only 1999. <laughs> yes, but wait, yeah. there's more. You can get two more CDs of Anne Murray. And they did it for like Conway Twitty. But anyway, I love Anne Murray. I so love she'd be number her. one or number three? Um, She would be number three. Thank you okay. for clarifying. So my number three would be um, probably Springsteen, Bruce, oh, just fair. because that's I kind of grew up and he's just got so much. So whatever you're in the mood for, you could probably find something mm -hmm. that Springsteen would would cover it for it. So let me, we'll alternate. So let me give you my number two, yeah. which would be, this was tough. My one and two, I could go either way. But number two, I went with um, Green Day. I just that's love. Interesting. I know it's a little off. But, you know, between workouts, everything else, it's been a good, I just love their music and they've got a ton of it. So that, that would be my number two. Um, what's your number two? So my number two, I'm cheating. This is okay. why if I'm sure I already cut this out, but the beginning there, but um, this, I was talking about Africa because I oh, no. right now. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm, I'm expanding and cheating because I'm all about oh, Yacht, Yacht Rock Radio on Sirius XM is my jam. Um, give me some Michael McDonald, give me some Doobie Brothers, um, some 70s Chicago, uh, all of school. it. I want it yeah. all. Bring it, please. Right. I love it. That is cheating a little bit. So number one, is this an artist or a band? It is an artist and it's, it, and people are going to roll their eyes, but whatever, it's the Beatles. Um, oh, no, that's and not bad. I mean, I would never, I actually debated cause I went through a big Elvis phase when I was a kid too. And, uh, I love Elvis, Elvis but like. I would I would go with the Beatles. All right. Any guess what my number one would be? A little older Dolls. than you. REM. Oh, that's a great choice. I like yeah. them. That that's who I kind of grew up in college and it just they carried through and their music. You know, a couple of their albums are probably ones that would be my my go to. So a little nice. bit eclectic, but yeah, then yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, the Beatles would be good. But that's I'm a fan, but I'm, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be my go-to. So anyway. like if I were to be like less, um, 
old i'm getting old and like mellowing but like the the 90s girl in me i'd be like backstreet boys and, and <laughs> to be fair i would sing along with that stuff anyway i mean i'm a i sing but i'm not could. a singer but i would yeah but on so a deserted we island with that. nothing else to listen to, that's you. That's not you. Can I'd that. be grateful just not to listen to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Elmo anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. I'd Fair miss enough. my family, but anyway, moving along, systems <laughs> yeah. and processes. Let's go to it. So, all right. So last time we talked about growing the audience, or growing the audience, which we talk about on this podcast, but growing your business and new customers, and with that comes. You know, how do you you bring more? Because a lot of the the customers I work with, they have problems with capacity, right? If I bring in another customer, then I can't do the work. And if you're doing everything across the business, it's really hard to expand beyond just that break-even point. And maybe it's a little better than break-even if you got the right pricing, but it's probably not the life or what you had thought when you went out on your own. <laughs> and so I thought today would make sense to talk about some of the things that we use. And again, there's no one right or wrong answer to this, but I think it's important to think about where you can start to offload some of those tasks. And, you know, one of the things I always like to say, find the non-value added stuff first, right? And maybe I'll even kick it off with the, the phrase. And I think we've talked about this podcast, right? Eliminate automate, delegate, right? So if you think about your end-to-end, everything that you're doing, and businesses are different, right? So like you with content writing, if we talk about you as a content person versus the, the marketing person, you know, writing and creating content takes time. And that's probably the longest task or activity that you have. So how do you optimize around that to make sure you can spend the majority of your time doing it, right? You had we talk about Katie on the show where she does training and development. Those are really long delivery times. So it's how do you find the right resources or automation to help drive um, the ability to bring in more customers, right? So it's uncomfortable. People don't like to talk about it. And I think the, the conventional wisdom says you've got to over-engineer every process, which I yep. say is crap. Yeah. I feel like, you know, just to kind of, take a different perspective slightly on what you said. It's like efficiency as a freelance entrepreneur is there in the middle and we pile so much stuff on ourselves. So if we could start to peel it away through those three things, then we get back to that like flow state, right? Where we're optimized. And so for me, uh, I have used, well, I could talk about like some of the simple bookkeeping stuff and that's uh, because invoicing is a pain in the ass. Uh, and I used wave for a while, W A V like, hi wave. And I liked it. It was fine. And it had automated invoices and things like that, but there's a couple things that it exposed. And one was, um, that things that are quote unquote free aren't necessarily the best because I had a lot (laughs) of problems with them and things going into the wrong account and me removing bank accounts, but then they were still depositing into them. And and that was a, a pain. Um, but also, if your business, if you're in a service-based business like I am, and your retainers or packages or whatever are not created in a way that lends itself well to regular invoicing and very standardized structures, then you're going to be spending more time in there than you should be. And that automation isn't necessarily going to be the most efficient. And so I would um, recommend that 
before you get into a tool, make sure, and this is more like a business thing, just like step back and make sure that your offerings are as simplified as possible, because that's not only going to make it easier for you to market and communicate that to potential customers, it's going to make it easier for you to invoice and remove unnecessary clutter from your day. Now, if you're doing this yourself, Wave is fine. Uh, I've actually been moving more to PayPal lately. However, there's a whole other set of, of issues there. I've had I've known people who, when they started their business and did well quickly, PayPal froze their assets. So, um, and like that could be a significant amount of money for this individual. It was multiple six figures and it took months to get that freed up. And that's horrific. And so I would actually personally, if you can recommend doing direct ACH or just um, checks are a pain in the butt, but you know, some kind of online bill pay that bypasses that maybe Stripe or something like that, where someone can enter a credit card directly. Some of these do integrate. So I've been using Zoho. And again, if oh, other yeah, folks so. out here have ideas, I'm open to new ideas because I haven't spent a ton of time researching this. So it's, I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe it's expensive, maybe it's not, but I do like their ability to pay online, offline, right? Pay immediately. So it does give you the options. Um, yeah, but to your point, it's, it's part of that. It's kind of, I look back to my time in corporate with expense reports, hated expense reports. And I'm guessing over the 20 plus years that I was in corporate, I probably ate a lot of those costs because I was yeah. terrible with fall. It's just not a core strength. So it's a pain. I, it is a pain. And again, put a little bit of that, that process in place. And, you know, I think thinking about that's definitely one area because probably not value add for any of our businesses necessary nope. evil. We want to get paid. <laughs> we want yeah. to be consistent. The books being right. So yeah, if anybody out there has used different tools and have suggestions, please do share them with us. We'll, we'd love to talk yeah. about it. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of damage there. It's not just the time that you're spending in the tool. I know for me, and, and I think this would apply to really any creative it's the ramp up time, the time that I'm cutting away from something else. And then you have to get back into that thing. So if I'm writing, that's extremely disruptive. So something that takes 15 minutes really takes me an hour. And so when I'm calculating my loss, cost, or potential benefit of delegating, I'm making sure to account for all of the time and productivity that's lost. Because in reality, if you think, well, I'm only spending three hours a month in that, you could actually be spending nine or 10 hours a month uh, and, and like that bloat creep, uh, can really significantly dig into your efficiency as an entrepreneur. And so when you feel like, well, I'm working 50, 60 hours cause I'm putting in the grind in reality, you probably don't have to. And so you could eliminate that in a lot of ways. Now I am actually starting to vet outsourced accounting. There's a lot of them who specialize in, in small businesses, freelance entrepreneurs. Some of them are niche, uh, specific, and I'm starting to look into them as well because I, I'm terrible at like tracking expenses to your point. I'm yeah. terrible at all of it. And the end of the year, I dread when my, uh, when my, just my tax preparer, I don't, I don't have an accountant all along, but I, the, P yeah, the yeah, CPA yeah. who does it, when they send me the packet, I'm like, oh shit. And so I put it off until the last possible minute. And then I spend like a weekend combing through all of like my credit card bill and all of that. And I'm just like, I, I hate it with a passion. So if anyone else can do that for me and it's do huge. it throughout the whole year, like that is what I desperately want. And so I'm actually in the process of, of vetting that now because I understand I'm never going to be good at it. And I think, you know what, let's make a mental note, maybe not next episode, but we should go deeper into the financial piece of this mm -hmm. because yeah. there's some pros and cons of, right, 
just counting this as income as part of it, or do you set up your own structure? So I think there's a whole other, and we may want to bring in an expert in to help us with that conversation. I think so yeah, <laughs> quarterly taxes and self-employment yes. tax and all of that. It's a royal pain in the ass. And I think, so let's, we'll bring somebody, but I do think if we take the, the, the step back, right. And think about everything that you do in a day to run your business and what got you to here today. And where are those bottlenecks today? What's holding you up? And to your point that I don't think gets talked about nearly enough is there's no such thing as multitasking. It's just yes. not. I've read enough and talked to enough people that said, no, there's a switching cost, right? So if you're going to multitask, your brain shifts from whatever you were doing, flow state or not, then I'll reorient in this and gets ramped up to get into that task. And then having to go back, it's you're so much better off just scheduling time to do these and i know it's a pain in the ass and i'm not a um micro process person i've, I've blocked time so i've gotten much better with it i'm definitely not the detailed person right i need i'm more of the think big let's get this done and i need that detailed person to come along and help me but i have learned i'm much more efficient when i can schedule the time and only focus on one thing like i said i turned off all my notifications on my phones i don't use those anymore unless out at night or once I'm not doing something. But, you know, I think as we talk about process and scaling, even if we don't do anything other than quit multitasking, we would probably be more time in the day to get more business through the through the pipeline. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, if you're unsure just how much time shrink, shrink is an old like grocery term from when I worked in grocery, the waste theft shrinkage yeah. right it's yeah yeah and so any if you're not sure how much time you're really wasting when you start a new task put mark the time and the task don't worry about time and just new task and i think you'll be shocked at how much time it actually takes you between again that ramp up ramp, ramp down time logging in all of it or getting distracted with emails like there are so many things and emails a whole other one that i think i've mentioned this before but i just love cal newport stuff and, and you talked about um um multitasking and 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 you know he his book deep deep um what is it deep focus Shit. um anyway cal newport you'll find it deep work is about single tasking and the, the myth of multitasking. But then he, his recent one, I, I'm positive I've mentioned it before, World Without Email has inspired me as I structure my new business to uh, keep client communication within the project management platform. So anyone here who's a creative design copy, whatever, marketing consultant, you have probably been in the position where you go to work on a task and maybe you're in project management software, but the task, was it emailed to you? Was it dropped in Slack? Where was it? And so you spend 15 minutes trying to track down the document, but oh, you're when you're looking for the document in your email, you see that you have more emails. So you respond to those instead. And so you're not working on the mission critical stuff. You're not working on the stuff that's actually making you money because your stuff's all over the place. And so by communicating with your clients solely through, so that that's one process or system really is a system for me that I've understood and learned over the years as I now have to be much more careful with my time because my daughter's only in school for six hours a day. Uh, I, I don't have the time to waste chasing stuff down or to be distracted with email. And so it's easier for me and it's easier for my clients to have everything in one place. They can go in and look and see all the communications and all the recent documents. I can go in, I'm not, is that in this thread? How many times have you done that, right? Was that in this email thread or was it this email thread or was it over here? And it's such a waste. 
And so um, that's a big one, the system for me. I know we've talked about this. My, my favorite project management software is Asana. I've also used Basecamp. I find it pretty eh, uh, antiquated. Um, I also don't recommend their email. Hey, I used it for two years and I've been moving all of my personal stuff off of it because I don't care for it uh, as an aside. But a lot of people use Monday. Uh, but I, I, I like Asana. And, yeah. and, and quite honestly, if you don't have anything now, Google Docs, right? Because yeah. I, I, I'm trying to be more diligent about shared docs in Google. But as a bridge, that's actually working well with a lot of my project management. So I'll set up for a client a Google Doc that has our project list, right? So this is our project mask. We can update, we can share, we can see, and then add tabs on specific things that we're working on. And that's actually worked really well surprisingly because i do like asana and there's some others but some of those again if, if you're doing nothing and maybe asana is too big of a jump uh depending on who you are and, and where your level of comfort is but there is bridges into those things but i think the point is just get organized with it right it doesn't have to be micro tasked but just get much more organized than what you are today i mean it's, it's a good start yeah, and cutting the inbox clutter will be yeah. it will be dramatic, and it, it is so much more efficient when it's working properly. And if you don't like to Brett's point, if you don't feel comfortable, um, there are experts, there are people you can hire that will talk to you, learn about your business, and help build up the templates and the systems within that tool so that you can use it the most effectively as well. I just I feel so strongly about it because, it, particularly for creatives, we waste a lot of time on that crap. And yeah. it's not, and then you can't take on as many paying clients. Your, your hourly rate suddenly goes from, you know, $150 an hour to 75 because half your time is spent on this stuff. And it's just a, it's terrible. It's a, it's a, just a huge waste. Huge waste. And it's avoidable. Yeah, <laughs> right? it really is. Again, we don't want to do public math in here again, because <laughs> you called me out on that last time, but right. So it's simple terms. If you're charging a hundred dollars an hour, and you're spending three hours a day on tasks that you could probably outsource for $10 an hour means you're just, it's just, you're killing your billable time. And again, just, you have to weigh, but I think one, you know, it seems simple, but it's just map out, map out what your process is, right? Cause you can find funnels and all that other good stuff. And, you know, at some other point we'll talk about marketing qualified leads and all that crap. That's just BS. We don't need those things. You need buyer qualified leads. But if you start to segment where you're spending your time, then you can see where and how you can start to bring in folks that can help you. And I mean, even I've done that. I've, I've got two virtual, I call them experts because they're not assistants because one's in website and one's in, in marketing doing some of those things for me that one, it would never would have happened if it was on me, right? They're just so much more efficient. And it allows me to spend more time having customer conversations or prospect conversations. So part of me kicks myself because I should have done this earlier. But part of it is it wasn't as easy and readily available as it as it was or as it is right now. And I think it's just going to get easier and easier. So yeah. And to make the most out of that, you to come coming back to your own internal processes, you have to have your ducks in order because you have to be able to a lot of times, depending on your budget, the VAs are going to be overseas. 
uh, English levels may be varying and they will take you quite literally. And that's not some kind of statement on folks whose native language isn't necessarily English. It's great, but it's the fact that they're going to follow the instructions you give them. So if your instructions are garbage, then you're not going to get what you're expecting. So you have to be able to really explain what it is that needs to be done and then clearly communicate what and why and, and how to your VA so that they can run with it and, and, and make sure that you understand it intricately, intimately, so that you can intricately describe it to them. Yeah. And I think that's, it's so important. And I think if you can't do that, you may not be ready to, to expand. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's on it or you don't want to, right. It's yeah. if you want to, and get beyond this, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and, and document. And again, I'm not talking level three documents. This is just, right. hey, here's yeah. the process. Here's what my vision is. And, you know, full disclosure, I've learned a lot through this process, right? So I've got somebody helping with messaging and positioning outside of the other two. And sometimes I don't have enough to keep the web person busy. And that's 100% on me because it's forcing me now to get much more into a routine that says, all right, here's what we need to do. And again, as we talked, some of my losses was getting out of those, that process and the structure and when I say it, it's not because one of the things we want to do by running our own business and designing our lives and these things is having that flexibility. But flexibility doesn't mean you can't be processed, right? I mean, if you really struggle with it, then bring somebody in to help you with your processes. If you're serious about getting to that next level, then you're going to have to. But if you're not willing to take the time and really think through your business, where you're adding value and the tasks that aren't, then you just might not be ready. And that's okay. It's just mm -hmm. that if you are ready, if you're burned out, you're making enough money, but there's more, then you're probably ready for this, this type of transition. I think that's a really good segue that maybe it would be prudent, do you think, to start walking through some of the areas of business that are the most common or obvious for systematizing or um, or refining and defining processes. Maybe we kind of walk through and, and it could go all the way back to before the sale, you know, things like content we talked about, um, even sales, outreach. What do you think? Yeah, your website, right? Is it optimized for driving the traffic? What are you doing with your LinkedIn? What does your outreach strategy look like? Because as we've talked the last couple of episodes about how do we connect with folks outside of our network, you got to have your resources aligned for that. And again, I'm not talking a $20,000 website, but when you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody, does your website and your LinkedIn profile align with what you're talking about. It sounds easy, but if I'm not a web person, so I've tried, but then, you know, like I said, I've talked about who, not how, it's not my core strength. And there's people that could do this all day, every day. And part of that transition for me was being able to articulate what I, what I, my vision is for it. And I'm getting much better at it. So I, I'm not, we're not telling you that you're going to be able to listen to this episode. You're going to be able to figure it out tomorrow. It's going to take a little bit but I'm telling you, it will, it'll fundamentally change. If you're stuck or burned out and just don't have time, then really listen to this episode and, and think about how you can apply some of this, right? Because it is from the connection through the delivery to the bookkeeping to anything in your business, just take a little bit of time and map out, you know, how it, how it works today and 
identify what you don't like to do or what you're not good at, and then start to look at, right, where can I bring in some help to, to do that? Like I said, it goes back to the, you know, eliminate, is it even necessary, any of this stuff? Am I doing stuff that just doesn't make sense? Do I need to do this anymore? Get rid of it. If you can't get rid of it, can you automate it? Is there some way to make this a little more automatic? And if not, then delegate, find somebody. And like I said, there's, I wouldn't, I don't want to call them low cost, but definitely lower. You don't have to hire somebody, right? You don't have to make a full-time hire. And there's some really talented people that you can use to help you in different areas of the business. But to your point, you got to figure out where am I going to bring these people in to help me? Yeah. And maybe some of you are listening to this right now and maybe you're the bookkeepers and like, you know, there's a lot of services popping up. I'm seeing ads for like um, HR for $99 a month. And there's nothing inherently bad about these things. A lot of this is, is what we're doing. And we, they, they, and we ever find our processes so that we can scale and we can service more clients and frankly make more money. And so, you know, quickly before, cause you, breeze by it a little quickly, but for marketing, if you're not hiring someone to create a marketing strategy for you, maybe you don't have the budget or you're not there yet and you're small, still scratch out that plan. I've spoken before about, you know, and so is Brett working backwards from how much money you want to make, you know, subtracting vacation and all of that so that you know approximately how many customers or clients you need every month. Um, So what's your plan? You know, is it to like, Brett said, and we'd all recommend you know, posting on LinkedIn every day. What is it? Scratch that out and then look at that and say, okay, am I, am I doing this stuff? If I'm not, why do I need to hire someone? And so writing out the pieces, is it because you don't know what to write about on LinkedIn because you don't have time to post? Is it because you don't know how to write a blog post or whatever, or an email market, all, whatever it is, scratch out all the questions, the roadblocks, the things for each one of those. So start with marketing and like tackle that. And then it could be, you know, you could possibly do something for sales, but I'm going to skip ahead a little, maybe like onboarding. Okay. Onboarding is a really bloated, draggy process, but it's also your clients or customers first experience with you. And if it sucks, just like for employees, do employee onboarding, it's big stressor and staffing recruiting and recruiting in general. If your client onboarding sucks, then your clients are setting out unhappy and that's going to kill your retention. It can make it more difficult for you to continue in a working relationship and to get work done. So where is where are the hiccups in onboarding? Write out what happens when you onboard a new client now. Identify what could be, could a, a virtual assistant take care of sending over contracts, setting them up in your project management software, um, sending them requirements if you're a designer for a vector file of your logo and all of these required documents and setting up like a, a, a Google a Google questionnaire that where they can upload it or in Asana or one of the, like those are the things like go and tackle that, write it all out. Uh, or hire someone to help you identify those things, that's well worth it. So those are two areas of your business that hopefully I just we just kind of sketched out a little yeah. bit of what could yeah, be. Yeah, no, and it's so important onboarding. You're right. I mean, because that's the first time before you've sold them, right? They're like, yeah, yeah I do want to work with you. And then if the onboarding process is clunky or disjointed. Yeah. Or it's like crickets gonna... and they don't hear from you. Yeah, oh, God, so even worse. worse. And then the delivery. So I think this is a perfect transition because I think the delivery aspect of this, depending on the business, some are shorter, some are longer. If it's a software, which we don't work with a ton of software people, you know, how do you get them on board and using it as quickly as possible? If it's content or a strategy or those types of things, and if it takes you six weeks to get to that point, it, it's, it's you really need to focus on those 
long lead times and the most value, right? Because you don't want to cut corners on the value add aspect. So whatever the core of your business is, why you're different, why you're good, that's where you want to spend the most time. It's everything else that, right? If you have to send out, say, 20 proposals to get two deals, one, you got a problem with your conversion, but that's for another another day. But if you're sending out 20 proposals, are they all custom? Do you have to really go in and customize? That just takes time. So it goes back to what you had mentioned earlier is how do you get to a consistent offering? And, you know, I had a uh, LinkedIn exchange with one of my buddies, Fahim, today, and he's he works with consultants and how to help them scale oh, yeah, their Fahim, business. He's great. He's yeah. awesome. And he was talking about, is it time for you to move more upstream with your offering? Right. So if you want to go to a bigger shop, bigger paychecks, those types of things. And I said, yes, I said, I'm actually going the other way. And it's going to be more volume because it's repeatable. It's scalable. I figured out where the, the five or six things where I can really help people and move it. But it's it's really what you want to do because you're ramping up the complexity when you go up market and you it's custom proposals. It's custom delivery. Are you adding more you know contacts into the business that you have to work with? So, you know, if it comes back to what we talk about all the time is what do you want? What is the type of work you like to do? And to design your systems around that to eliminate or minimize the the non-value add stuff and definitely the stuff you don't like to do and allows you to focus the most of your time. So if we used you as the example, which you love the content, but you've got experience everywhere, at some point you'll say, you know, that's what I just want to do. I want to write premium and custom content for folks. So everything in your business, I'm just saying that's what you want to do, but I'm saying if you did, then everything else you're doing, you should work to be minimizing your involvement with it or the time spent on it because you're going to add the most value in, in this area. So I know we've got founders and freelancers in a bunch of different areas. So, But think about it from your business. Where are you adding value? And if you have to compromise it, that's not a good long-term program. Yeah. And you may think, well, you know, I'm bootstrapping it and I can do it all, but it's not sustainable. It's really not. And and it's going to, it's going to hurt the quality of the work that you're putting out. Or, you know, if you're spending so much time on some of this junk, it could mean you're distracted on a call with a client or, um, you know, it's harder to get a hold of you and get something on your calendar or whatever the case may be. It will impact every area of your business, the more time that you waste. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, you know, we talked about marketing, onboarding, delivery, but even kind of the branding of the business, I think Mm -hmm. is important because this is going to be folks first look at you or first engagement with you. And is it telling the story that you want to tell? And I don't know if I shared this story with you and I'm hesitant to say this podcast, but I got introduced to a new potential customer last week, our prospect, and we were talking and you know, after about 30 minutes, she's like, wow, you're a lot more chill than I thought you were going to be based on what your website looked like. I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm like, so I called my market. I'm like, we got to change everything. He's like, no, you don't have to change everything. Just relax. (laughs) But, but I mean, my point is that's not one who I am. And so if my brand is telling people that, then there's going to be a disconnect when we we work together and is it turning up people that I really want to work with because right that's not what I want so right. again I think we all learn these lessons and I, I don't I guess I didn't tell you that story but no I like it though no like for me I'm working on new websites now and like what I'm very y'all probably have noticed this but I'm very to the point and I try to I try to avoid the fluff 
And, um, and so my websites have always been deliberately, and I say this so that people are like, what the hell, this is a marketer and her website is like her face and text, but that's deliberate. I don't have fancy JavaScript and all that, uh, because I just have some things to say. And then if you want to work with me, work with me. And I deliberately keep it simple to focus on the message. And that disarms people quite a bit, but that also makes my life easier. I'm a minimalist. Yeah. So like, and it, it applies to business as well. And so it makes sense. That's who you want to work with, right? Because if you're working with the opposite, it's just going to make it super difficult. And, and again, I, I lose track of you and I talked about this, but you know, I only want to work with positive people, positive energy who are optimists. If you're not an optimist, you know, I, you can still be successful for sure, but man, it's, it's not going to be a good fit with me because I'm not here to talk you off the ledge and reassure you every week that you're moving mm-hmm. in the right direction. I need somebody that sees it, a realist. I mean, optimist and realist. Yes. Yeah. Right. I just, the pessimist is just not, I've worked with a lot of those folks and right. I can help, but it just, it, it drains me. So yeah. I'm like, and- I choose not to go that path. Long-term, it's re- nearly impossible to grow a successful business if you're not an optimist. I, I don't see how No, you're 100% right. Yeah. I mean, realist, there's, again, don't confuse yeah. optimism with realism because at some point you may have to make a decision. Yes. But if you can't see the brighter side of it and you're only focused on the negative, that goes back to our conversation on mindset. You got to have the right mindset. And yeah, you're going to hit hurdles. Everybody does. But if you want the life you want, you've got to see what that future looks like. And, you know, as we've talked, we've seen, we've seen people with a lot less experience that the folks we work with that have built thriving businesses with zero experience. So I know that if we can work with the people that have experience and actually have points of views on things, there's an opportunity for us out there. That, that always brings me back that says, you know what, there's always room for people, smart people that do it. So it's just, you know, be positive. And while we're holding hands and singing about Coca-Cola, <laughs> let's, uh, you know, that reference and commercial. Yeah. 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 Hands. Teach uh, the world to sing. Teach yeah. The, yeah. Um, th- this is when it comes to mindset too, I think there's nothing wrong with competition and being obviously being aware of the competition and uh, striving to beat the competition. But even that is never, but I, again, as I say, I'm a Pollyanna. But also, if you can go into this and focus on what you do well and what you can do right and understand that even in a recession, even in a booming economy, there is enough business to go around for everyone, for you to put food on the table, for you to be successful, for you to ride out the rough patches and get through. And so when you keep that in mind and make decisions based on that knowledge, and instead of looking behind you and constantly worrying about what everyone else is doing, uh, and going after the competition, all that stuff. I, I think you're going to be in a much better place. I'm sorry. I know that's not a system or a process, but no, I, I've been disarmed by that over the course of my career because I genuinely like people who do what I do. And when I started out in 2011, there weren't many of them. And I referred people to others all the time. And I would meet with someone and, and they were like, I didn't know if I should meet with you. And I'm like, well, why? <laughs> like, right. I don't see you as like the enemy. You do what I do. That's cool. I need like 10 clients to be really freaking successful and you need probably the same. And like, we live in a, a city with like thousands of companies. Why wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, I think that is so true. It's the abundance mindset versus the scarcity and, and the world we live in. It's highly abundant right now. Right. I yes. mean, we could pair every person we know 
in the exact same space could all be going after it, and there's enough business for everybody. Yes. There just is. And Across so, the globe now. Yeah. And we can all Zoom and do business and pay each other easily. Like, my God, we're we're living in the most amazing time. Like, don't worry about that stuff. Just focus on yourself. Yeah. And again, if you have the mindset that it, right the competition then you're again it's not big enough and maybe the time's not right for you but think right. about it and you know i know we've been kind of leading into future episodes and we haven't really talked about this but maybe you know some of the mindset and some other things you know per, uh, would be a good episode so we'll we'll talk i think we'll address that maybe not next episode and one of the future ones cuz i think it's so important and tied to that is the incremental versus thinking big i mean i there's just something um, empowering about thinking big where, you know, part of my career, I get bounced back and forth between corporate and entrepreneurship it eventually, because I thought really big when I was young, even my first corporate job, I'm like, man, we could redo this distribution centers of these battery things. Why the hell are we doing this, this is so dumb. By the time I got midway through my career, it was like, eh, you know what, it's not going to change. So we're just going to incrementally get better. And over time, my mindset went from why not to, well, because this is the way it works. Now I'm back to why not. And I think we need to get more people thinking bigger picture versus incremental. And, you know, that old Kumbaya story about you reach for the stars. Cause if you don't, you won't get there, reach for the moon, whatever that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know that I'm actually the opposite. When I first started, I was like, if I get enough clients, I can make $60,000. And I was like, wow. And now, and that's not knocking 60 grand. Okay. No, because right, depending right, right. on everybody's circumstances are different. But at the time I was drowning in debt and like, even that probably wouldn't have been enough to get by particularly with taxes, but I, I didn't look big enough. And it wasn't until probably even the last like four years that I really understood the potential and how I was limiting myself. So yeah, I would love to talk more about mindset and also I'm not trying to like tease you guys with this, but also I do think that there's value in talking about the importance or value in entrepreneurs speaking to a therapist regularly. I think that is actually really powerful. A hundred percent. Right. I mean, again, I think the the stigmas are slowly going away from that. Yeah. Because again, why not? These are what people do. Um, yeah. All right. So maybe our next episode, let's get into the mindset and some other things around that, that entrepreneurs, especially freelance entrepreneurs may or may not be grasping as they start to think about moving from, hey, I'm just going to pick up a few projects to make some money to, man, I think there's a real business in this. How do we do it? So I, I love that because, yeah, so I think we both have some strong opinions and ideas and how to uh, approach that and lessons learned and things we wouldn't, we would do differently. So we did talk some systems, so... <laughs> Yeah, no, we definitely did. Right, guys? I mean, we gave we and we broke down some areas where it makes sense to take a look and and because it, it's hard to find those constants in every business, but places where you can go in and identify those areas that the the fat that can be trimmed and and delegated and or eliminated, refined. Um yeah, so hopefully you've got a, a nice foundation, gang, to to start like tightening the ship a little bit. Yeah. And and being able to to scale at least, even if it's just a little bit, just be able to facilitate that growth without killing yourself. Exactly. Map it out, find what you like and you don't like to do. And that's a really good first step. So if you can do that to start, you're going to move in the right direction. So awesome. 
as always, Diana, love it. I appreciate it. And uh, next week, right? Yeah. And in the meantime, <laughs> I'm going to go sit on my yacht and listen to some <laughs> yeah. um, yacht, yacht Rock Radio. And, and I'll see you then. All right. Until next week. Thanks, Diana. All right. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.